0: Welcome back, guys. We're having so much fun here in the background while you're listening to the news. (laughs) Oh, dear. That was funny. Yeah, look. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to explain it to our listeners, but we're just having a great conversation. It's
1: great.
0: Uh, It is Encounter with God time.
1: Yes, it is. That means it's
0: Bible study time, so Mm -hmm. get ready to get your Bibles out. Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 4, while you're waiting for us.
1: It's kind of interesting. This is a little side note, but I've thought about this. Like, Why are some Bible names seen as just like normal good to use names, and then others just—you never would meet someone with certain names.
0: Yeah, like Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth is a Bible yeah. name. Yeah, Elizabeth is a Jewish name. We have a queen who has a Jewish name. That's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's such a such an ordinary name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Mary is like a super. Well, you can kind of see Mary is particularly famous, I guess. Mm. Um, but I've never met. Anyone named Mahel, Shalal Hashbaz?
1: No. Well, I know heaps of Esters, but I don't know many Hadassahs. I know one. A couple I meant just named their baby um, Hadassah.
0: Very nice name. Beautiful name. Um, they not
1: common.
0: No. Hmm. Uh, what about Zipporah?
1: I don't know any Zipporahs.
0: I know I Zipporah. Do you? Yeah, I do.
1: That's amazing. That was
0: Moses' wife's name, oh. uh, Ethiopian woman.
1: Do you know what I didn't know? Is it Jemima? I didn't know that was a Bible name. Ah, One of go. Job's new daughters. That's right. Yeah, I didn't know that.
0: I know he had another daughter named Keziah.
1: Ah, yeah. I know a Keziah. I also, yep, I think okay. I know a couple.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it is. Yeah.
0: There are so many Bible <laughs> names out there. If you have an unusual Bible name, yeah, let, let, us let us Yeah, that's super cool. yeah. I think I think I think someone needs to bring Habakkuk back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but then, how would you shorten that? So this thing my big brother used to say.
0: Yeah, no, nah, let's not. No,
1: because he used to like Jedediah or Boaz, because you can shorten that to Jed and Bo. Right? That's cool. So right?
0: That's seriously cool.
1: Yeah, some names you can't really. Oh, you. Well, you see,
0: really Maheshalal Hashbaz, you just call him Baz. <laughs>
1: that is on one hand, Baz, that sounds like the most Aussie name. Absolutely. you'd see it on the form and be like, what is this?
2: <laughs>
0: because the kid would get, get called Baz, you know, his entire life, and everyone would assume that his name was Barry. Exactly. But it's not. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not Barry. I'm my Shalal Hashbaz. That's
1: so amazing. Oh, man, I hope someone somewhere out there has this name. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> we have
0: we have entertained many this morning.
1: <laughs> well, that's amazing. Uh, uh, Look, yes, you have. So,
0: <laughs> if you have children,
1: yeah, there this, we go. this well, is your challenge. There's plenty of options, right? There is. Yeah,
0: there is. There's some. There's bring back something that hasn't been here for a while. Mm. Because here's the thing: if you bring if you bring the name back and it's attached to somebody who is absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. and if you have children, they will be amazing because they're your children.
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, then. Um, it, it brings it it brings it brings back into – and everybody starts to use that name because it's like oh, – because they relate the name to the cool person.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh,
0: You know, You know how it is. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: You know what other th- name I haven't heard often? Rufus. Rufus is one of – who was it? One of the sons that is mentioned in New Testament. You know, one of the people who followed I Jesus? I think you're right. I know of one Rufus who's not Christian. But you know what I mean? Like, why Rufus uh, – why Matthew and not Rufus? <laughs> like One is like – Okay, and one is like, hmm.
0: I think you're right. I think Rufus is a Bible name. Do you know what I'm
1: talking about? I can't even remember if it's Acts or earlier.
0: I'm going to type that in real quick. Okay. I would never have picked that one as a Bible name. Right? No, never. Uh, Okay, we've got a text message coming through. Uh, My name is Raphael, which means the God who heals.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Nice one. Yeah, hard out.
0: Yeah. That's um, Yeah, not that's a super common cool. name
1: and also a really cool meaning. I lo- I love names with meanings.
0: So what does your name mean?
1: Uh well so Sherry is I think it's some um, derivative. For those of you
0: who don't know, Minnie is Minnie <laughs>
1: McCain. <laughs> My actual name is Shari Lynn Christie Fraunfelder. Um yes. and so I think Sherry is like a derivative of something which is like a Persian word for princess or something. And then Lynn something to do with water.
2: Okay.
1: So it's water princess. Water so, princess. Yeah. My mum's name also is Lynnelle. Um why so I hated it as a kid. I was like, oh. I'm my own person. (laughs) (laughs) And then Christy is just Christian and then Fraunfelder, I think, is like field of women or women's field in German or something.
2: There you go. What
1: does your name mean?
0: Uh, Lee, Uh L-E, I-S-L-E. Lee Isle means the island in French. Le Isle. Okay. Which is shortened to Lyle when it's anglicised.
1: Right. There you go. So,
0: yeah, the small island.
1: Yep. Cool.
0: Whereas if you go to Kyle... That's not a French word, that is a Celtic word and it means the channel of water between the mainland and the island.
1: Interesting, but there's a similarity there.
0: There's a similarity. Oh,
1: I love and names. And they're
0: kind of related to each other, but vastly different but languages. they totally I mean.
1: different, yeah.
0: Although the Celts did live in France. Yeah,
1: but they kind of lived all over. They
0: lived everywhere. In places
1: we didn't expect.
0: That's right. There's a whole book of the Bible written to the know. Celts. I know. You know how I knew uh, that? No, because you told me. Ah, there you go. <laughs> no, no, and then there I go. found
1: out. But um, what about Liam? What's producer Liam's name? What does that mean?
0: <coughs> okay, uh, it's an Irish name meaning "with a gilded helmet." Okay, so a person with a gilded helmet was somebody of nobility at the very least, if not royalty.
1: <laughs>
0: so Liam is Liam is like, studiously yes, nodding his head right here. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> we Fantastic. are we are so distracted.
1: We are. Look, you're not uh, wrong. vastly distracted. I said the clue. Yes, yes, I did. You did. Okay. Alright. So the numbers? Yep. Yes. Brilliant. We've
0: done one text message. If you've got a Bible name
1: mm-hmm. or you've
0: got a name with a really cool meaning to it,
1: let us know. Absolutely. Uh
0: we've had ones that come through come through so far. We'd love to uh hear your thoughts on it and uh and hear what your name is and what it means. Absolutely. Okay, so uh the issue of vaccinations. I knew this would stir up <laughs> some con- conversation. conversation. Uh, Welcome to the New World Order. The government said it would not make it compulsory, but the issue will be that businesses will be forced to make uh, employees take the vaccine under loss of employment. Well, it's the businesses that are actually doing the forcing in this case. Hmm. If they don't, the reason used will be for the safety of the other employees, legal responsibilities, insurance problem, it's a package deal. And, you know, I think that um, there's a whole bunch of valid issues Mm. that have been raised right there in that. Text message. It will be what it's one of those things. Watch this space.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You
0: know, this is not the uh, this is not the be all in the end all of uh, what we, uh, you know. This is not the hill that we need to be dying on. No. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Revelation thirteen is not talking about vaccinations.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: true. Uh, Revelation thirteen is talking about worship.
2: Yeah.
0: What these kind of movements are restrictions on freedom, and not all restrictions on freedom are bad, but we need to recognise that. Restrictions on freedom are all heading a certain direction. Mm. And they're all heading the direction of the fulfillment of Revelation 13. And so even when you have restrictions on freedom that are not bad, you know, because we, we, we need to recognize where, where our world is headed. Our world is headed towards Revelation 13, mm. which is restrictions on religious liberty and the enforcement of worship.
2: Yeah, fully.
0: And that... Is a problem. And a lot of people say, well, how do you get secular people to worship? Secular people are never going to worship. Well, you know what? In Revelation 13, the Bible says you can receive the mark either in your forehead or in your hand. What well, somebody who receives it in their hand is not somebody who's doing it from their heart. It's not in their mind. They're not thinking about it, they're not making a moral decision for it. They're just going along with whatever needs to happen.
1: That's a really good point, actually. Yeah.
0: The Bible uses the hand as a symbol of works,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not of the heart. It's just yeah, like just something behavior. you just, just behaviour. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Throughout the Bible, the Bible talks about the hand, the works of men's hands. Anyway, uh, we were going to go to Luke chapter 4, weren't we? We were. We
1: were in Luke. I didn't know yes. which we were going we were to. Yes. We are going to look at uh,
0: education and we're going to look at the education that Jesus had and the way in which Jesus was an, operated as an educator and, mm. And so we need to look at what Jesus' habits were, what his custom was, what he did, you know, on a regular basis. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, so oh oh, we have a text message come through, uh huh, from Liam's mum. Uh-huh. So we've got Liam's mum versus uh, Google. Okay. All right. So Liam's mum says, "Don't know about the gilded helmet, <laughs> <laughs> although it suits." Uh huh. So she's 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 proud of a boy. Absolutely. So she should be. She
1: should be. Yeah, that's right.
0: But the meaning of your name that I named you for is Defender of Men.
1: Ooh, I like that. So that
0: might be in a different language. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You can't always trust Google, right? Because I remember when I was No,
0: you don't trust... Nobody trusts... Don't ever trust Google. Why would you trust Google? You
1: can go to like four different like baby name sites and they'll give you totally different meanings from the same name depending on where that site has got its information. That's right. Yeah. Quite interesting. Yeah,
0: because I mean the reality is that there is actually different meanings for different for same names. For the names. same names. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke chapter four.
1: Yes. What verse am I looking at?
0: Uh, you are looking at let's start in ooh, where did my Bible study go? It went right here. Uh, verse eighteen. Let's start in verse eighteen.
1: The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me.
0: Nah. Shh. We missed the best part. Back up, back up, back up a couple of verses. At least a couple of verses. Um, Verse fourteen
1: or sixteen. Look, I'm just going to read this whole section.
2: Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So
1: (laughs) good. So then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone.
0: Okay. Stop right there. What's Jesus doing on a regular basis? He's teaching. Where
1: in the synagogues?
0: In the synagogues. Mm. When would he do that?
1: Well, we know at least on the Sabbath day. That's right, because, because that's when the synagogue—that's
0: that. when the synagogues operated. The synagogues operated on the Sabbath day. This was a place of teaching, and teaching is a part of worship. Yeah, which means that it was also a place of worship. So your synagogue is really the precursor mm-hmm. to our modern day church. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in our modern day church, you can go to um, any one of our churches. Um, we have Adventist churches, Seventh Adventist churches. And I think you'll go find the same thing in most churches. And it will start off with a small group Bible study. Mm. And the synagogue typically was a small group Bible study, unless it was a really big synagogue. But a lot of these synagogues were actually quite smaller, about the size of the office. Yeah, you know, a little bit bigger than the office that we're in right now, um, as in you know, the one that the, this equipment is in. <laughs> yeah. Not the office block. And you might have twenty or thirty people sitting around studying a passage of the Bible together.
1: Which is actually amazing. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I would love to go to a first century um, Sabbath synagogue Mm. Bible study and be able to read and speak and understand the language. (laughs) Hey, let me show you this prophecy right here. Let me tell you how this one's going to be fulfilled. Mm. (laughs) You you Mm. could time travel and language Mm. travel as well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know that would be just uh, the best thing ever.
1: Yeah, yeah, would be pretty cool. I don't disagree. You're right.
0: I would. I would write a book. Are you back writing then. a book? I would write a book from back then. Yeah. And like, this is how this is all going to be fulfilled. Da, 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 da. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: but then, I mean, they had Jesus, the man himself, with them, and they, they still missed. Yeah. So,
0: ah, it's just you know. a tragedy. Okay, so he's going all through Galilee, and he teaches in the synagogue, and they're loving his teaching. Yeah. Yeah. He's becoming a famous a famous rabbi.
1: And it's interesting, at this point it says he was praised by everyone. Yes. Um, okay, so verse 16 then. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures.
0: Okay, let's stop there for a moment. What did Jesus usually do on the Sabbath day?
1: Again, he went to the synagogue. And he's been doing this since he was a child. Okay,
0: so let me ask some questions here, um, just on the basis of this before we go any further. Is following the example of Jesus a good thing? Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> can you go wrong following the no. example of Jesus? Can you go wrong not following the example uh, yes. of Jesus? Yes. All right. So what did Jesus do on a weekly basis? What did Jesus usually do according he, to what the Bible says there? The My Sabbath. Bible says it was his habit. Yeah, As his habit was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day.
1: And read the scriptures. Yeah.
0: Yes. So what was Jesus' habit? What was he usually do?
1: Going to, I will say church. He went to church on Sabbath. Yeah.
0: If Jesus went to church on Sabbath, can you go wrong following the example of Jesus? No. No, you can't. And so often I find this amongst Christians, and as a listener today, you need to stop and ask yourself the question, do I fit into this category? But I find Christians who are like, you know, I don't need to go to church. Hmm. Well, are you a disciple of Jesus or not? The word disciple means follower. A follower is somebody who does what? The person that they are following does. Does, Jesus went to church on Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that. If you go back to Leviticus 23 verse 23. No, Leviticus 23 verse 3 or 6. I can't remember. One of those verses. (laughs) You will find it, I am sure. Okay, Let's let's start with uh, 3 verse 3.
1: You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of complete rest, an official day for holy assembly. It is the Lord's Sabbath day and it must be observed wherever you live.
0: Okay, an official day for what?
1: Rest, complete rest.
0: Yeah, keep going. Official day four.
1: Holy assembly. Coming together.
0: Exactly. Mm,
1: mm -mm, Under God.
0: So the Sabbath, you're not keeping the Sabbath if you're by yourself. I mean, hey, there are times to keep the Sabbath by yourself. I'm not saying that there isn't. And um, we've got precedent for that in the Bible, but not as a norm. Mm. As an exception. So Sabbath, Sabbath by yourself is an exception. The norm is... Mm, together You gather together for the holy assembly
1: Okay, I have a question for you Yes What does it look like Or how possible is it to be gathering together On the Sabbath day And not be keeping Sabbath
0: Oh, t- eminently possible yeah, yeah. yeah, all
1: day
0: long <laughs> Okay And the other question that we need to sort of uh, ask ourselves What does it look like To mm-hmm. gather together on the weekly basis mm-hmm. You know the Bible doesn't say what it looks like Yeah it just doesn't Yeah It just says gather together. Mm. Uh, And the Bible says that's what Jesus did. And so if you gathered together with Jesus, he would have been gathering together with uh, his Jewish friends Mm. in exactly the way that they did at that particular time. They would gather together. They would all sit around in a circle. They would all sit on benches, tiered benches, and they would all discuss the Bible together.
2: Mm.
0: That was how it operated in the first century. Yeah. Uh, does it still operate like that? No. We will gather together. We'll have a small group Bible study. We'll have um, times of singing. I think they had times of singing back then as well. Um, the Bible does make that very plain. That you know there were occasions when you know they gathered together for worship, like the communion service, and they'd finish with a hymn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bible says that. The um, um, but you know when you look around our world today, there are so many different. Types of worship services, mm. the Bible doesn't give you an outline for a worship service. Yeah. It just simply says to do it.
1: Which is actually kind of amazing too because uh-huh. I just have this great appreciation that God has gone, I've given you hearts and minds. Yes. I'm not about blanket rules for the sake of blanket rules. And
0: God loves creativity.
1: Absolutely. He is
0: a creative God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think we get so locked into our you know our formalism that we lose creativity and we lose that sense that we worship a creative God mm-hmm. who loves us to use our minds yeah. and to exercise our brains in trying to find ways meaningful ways of worshiping God.
1: Yes, and I think this is my own little personal side tangent. Um, so last year I just I just you know I really believe in the Sabbath as a as a blessing. Yes. Um, but I just wanted to do my own kind of study into it a little bit more. And I just remember going through basically from the start through to the end. It wasn't a deep study, but I was just like, I just want to get a real big overall picture. <coughs> and the amount of times it was, it, oh, it's just such a picture of, you know, after sin after sin comes in, I am the God who sanctified you. I am the God who brought you out. I'm All of it is grace, like all of it. Yes. And so I think more and more I've been like, man, what a gift. And so I think for me too, I'm like, Let's not go. This is what it looks like to do Sabbath always. Because I'm like, well, hold on. If this is grace, that's about relationship. You know, what we're talking about the other day with Sven, like the worship in spirit and in truth. That's right. You know?
0: Yeah, because they were arguing, you know, should we worship on this mountain or that mountain? Mm,
1: mm-mm.
0: Jesus, is like, you need to worship in spirit and in truth.
1: Yeah, fully.
0: You know, forget which mountain you're worshiping on.
1: Yeah.
0: Th- think about who you're actually yeah, you're worshiping.
1: You're missing the point of why it's here. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, humans are innately lazy. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's true. It's true. Just call it as it is.
0: <laughs> and we often think about that in relationship to manual work. Mm. We would rather sit on our backsides than do manual work. It's self-destructive to sit on your backside and not do manual yeah. work, but you know, humans are self-destructive. It's, a, it's an evidence of the curse of sin. Yeah. But our, we are innately lazy in the way we use our brains as well. Mm. And by just having a tradition at church, we can switch our brains off. We don't have to think. We just go there and we go through the, just the tradition as it was and we don't have to actually really participate. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. Let's see here. We have message coming through as we speak. What does it say? Uh, the other side of the coin is there are some people who may not have a choice but to worship alone, we don't yes. all have the freedom we have in this country. Isn't that a fact? That's
1: very true. Oh yeah.
0: man, you listen to the what um, Etienne McClintock shares from Voice of the Martyrs
1: mm. or Open Doors. That's another one. Open
0: Doors. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, continues on here. We don't know all the freedom we have in this country. Even in this country, there are people with similar problems. I fully agree with your statement. Just thinking of others. Fully. So I'm glad that um, I'm glad. Thank you for highlighting that. That's def- definitely needs to be highlighted. And there's been, you know, there are people who live in remote communities. There are people who live in communities where their only option for worship is a really toxic environment. Yeah. And so they choose to keep themselves separated from that toxic environment for their own emotional health. It's really, really sad. But hey, there are some really broken churches, and mm-hmm. we should expect that. Uh, the. If you look at the New Testament church and you look at the church in Corinth, it was a very, very toxic church. Mm, Yeah, You would not want to be worshipping in that church. The Bible says that all of them were unconverted. The Bible says that they had open sin. The Bible says that they were taking each other to court. The Bible says that they were teaching false doctrines and that there was no resurrection of the dead. The Bible says that they were using alcohol and getting drunk during the communion service.
1: All of those things were actually. They were
0: abusing yeah. the gift of tongues. They were their, their worship service was a bedlam of noise. Yeah. Um, you know, and you go on and on down through the list. I've only that they had issues with eating meat that was offered to idols. You go on and on and on through the church in Corinth. It's God's church.
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't cease to be God's church. But it was a mess. But it was really toxic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you might not be healthy to go there. Mm. And I kind of get that. But worshipping and worshipping with fellow believers is what the Bible enjoins upon us. Mm. And where it is our possibility to do so, we should make it a priority. We have a moral responsibility to follow the example of Jesus and to make that a priority. And that might mean that you travel extensively to worship on the Sabbath day. And maybe here in Australia, that means that you might, you know, do that once a month or something or other. I don't know if you live in a, you know, in a remote place and you have few options. Mm. But thankfully, here in the Newcastle area, there's kind of churches everywhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. not
0: going to run out of churches anywhere soon, and uh, most places in Australia are going to find that to be the case. Mm. Other yeah. parts of the world, different story.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking of what we were talking about before with following Jesus example. I think it was Pastor Blake Penland. So don't quote me, but. He said this thing, which I actually really appreciated. He said, um, if Jesus says it, does it, you know, taught it, whatever, then it's good enough for me. You know, yes. like, <laughs>
0: that's right. And church is something that Jesus said, yeah. it's something that he does, mm. uh, it's something that he taught. Yeah. So that's pretty clear. Yeah. All right. Where did we get up to in our Bible passage? We've got some more verses here we need to read.
1: Look, I think we read 16. Okay, keep going. Okay, so verse 17, Luke chapter 4. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him, as he's in the synagogue teaching. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was Wait, written. wait, wait, wait. Did do we, do, do we do the quiz already? Negative. We did not. We okay, did. hold that thought. <laughs> okay.
0: Hold that thought. We'll come back to that verse.
1: Okay, so this is clue number five. Guys, call us. What book is this? The name of this book, it's a minor prophet. It has prophecies that are mentioned in the New Testament, and the name of this book begins with the letter J. Which minor prophet book begins with the letter J?
0: Are there any more clues that we can give? Have we got one more after this? One more. Okay, we do. Which this basically gives really, us really it easy. gives us a
1: multiple choice. It's this, this, or this.
0: Okay, multiple. Okay, all right. Minor prophet starting with J. What is that book? If you know the answer, numbers to call one eight
1: hundred three two four eight four three, or text us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine.
0: Thank you, Minnie. Okay, now let's read our verses.
1: Okay. So Jesus is reading the scroll in the synagogue, and he reads this in verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. Keep up.
0: Yeah, I think that what is significant here is that Jesus is reading a passage from the book of Isaiah that was well recognised as a prophecy of the Messiah. Yeah. This is what the Messiah would do. And they all knew, yep, okay, so Jesus is going to preach to us today on the subject of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he's in Nazareth. That's where he grew up. He's well known there. He knows every single person in the congregation. They've seen him since he was a kid.
1: Which would be weird for them when they realize that he's saying, actually, shall I read this? Keep going, keep going. going. So he rolled up the scroll and handed it back to the attendant and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb. Physician, heal yourself. Meaning, do miracles here in your hometown like those you do in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. you go?
0: That'll do, uh, where did you get up to? Uh,
1: the end of 24.
0: Okay, that'll do. That'll do right there. Okay, so when Jesus stands up and he reads this passage about the Messiah, how do they respond?
1: They don't get it. They're like, this doesn't make sense. Like, as you said, we know this guy. He's Joseph's son. Okay, jo- uh, Jesus then goes, you want me to do the miracles, but like, I'm not going to be accepted here
0: yeah but it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it because Jesus has certainly given plenty of evidence of you know supernatural power mm-hmm. he's been doing miracles all over the place yeah he comes to Nazareth, this is his hometown it's like well, you know this is the the famous kid we're working with him back, but we do need to remember that he is Joseph's son
2: yeah Joseph like, was a peasant, yeah,
0: he is the son of a peasant, and he proclaims himself as the messiah. messiah. Now he's got good reason to do so, and it's kind of like he waited to go to Nazareth to say this, because he didn't start in Nazareth. He started by doing miracles around the place and demonstrating supernatural power. Mm. And when there's enough evidence for that, he then goes to Nazareth and says, like, um, okay, in case you guys are wondering, I'm the Messiah. And they're like, nah, well, let's execute the guy.
1: Yeah. But it's interesting here because they do. it says everyone spoke well of him. And they were amazed by what he says. Yes. So it's not that they're at this point going, oh, like get rid of him. Who's this guy? Like he doesn't know what he's talking about.
0: No, they're proud of their own son.
1: They are. They're like, Yeah, this is yeah, this is our boy, but they're also like, Mmm.
0: You're going too far yeah, when you're you not, proclaim yeah. yourself to be the Messiah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when and when they say that he's like, Okay, this is this is how it works. A a prophet yeah. is never accepted in his hometown.
1: Yeah. And I actually think this would have been a really interesting Part of Jesus's life, because yes, he is the Son of God, but he was fully human, filled with the Spirit. We know this, but I just think it would have been an interesting journey for him in reading the, the scriptures and realizing he was this Messiah.
0: Do you know yes. like, like,
1: how did that work?
0: Uh, wow. Well, you know, because
1: wow. I so I can that conversation re- with Jesus <laughs> one day. <laughs> you know, if I just was reading a book and then I was like, hold on a minute, is this talking about me? Uh, I would love to, t- yeah, as you said, have that conversation with Jesus one day.
0: You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, uh, it is now time for question of the day.
1: <laughs> Sorry, team, I forgot to give, uh, I forgot to give Minnie the uh, piece of... Anyway, device his, 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 with his, the, the, question. the The device <laughs> with the question of the day on it, so here it <laughs> comes. Here's the question. Okay, so... The question of the day that has been sent in is since the commandments came many centuries before. Okay, so sorry, Romans 7, verse 7 to 12. Since the commandments came many centuries before Paul, how was Paul alive once without the law? Also, Paul makes it sound as though the commandments hadn't always been around. But aren't the commandments, the moral law, eternal?
0: Yes, they are indeed. The commandments have always been there. In fact, uh, verse 7, because he's quoted there, Romans chapter 7, verse 7 through 12. Verse 7 in particular demonstrates that the commandments have always been there in the clearest possible way. So in verse 7, the Bible says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. No, I would not have known what sin was except for the law because I would not have known what lust was and except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. So without the law, sin doesn't exist. Paul makes this very, very plain. If you go to uh, Romans chapter 4 and verse 15, because uh, in verse 15 he says, where there is no law, there is no transgression. Hmm. You can't break something if it's not there. If it's not there, yeah. there's no speed limit, you can't be done for speeding.
2: Uh-huh.
0: You go to the Northern Territory, there's places with no speed limit.
2: Amazing.
0: Yes. <laughs> there's kangaroos, know. but there's no speed uh-huh, limit. Uh-huh. Big red kangaroos, but no speed limit. Just, just keep that in mind. But anyway, um, so... He makes it very, very plain here that the law has pre-existed himself
2: Mm.
0: because the law exists before he sins so that when he does sin, he actually knows what sin is. If the law had not pre-existed himself, then he would not have known what sin was. Then he goes on, he says, But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of strong sexual desires and lusts, for without the law sin was dead. For I was alive without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. So here's where the question comes in. Paul says, you know, I was alive and then the commandment turned up and I died. Hmm. The question is, did the law come into being during Paul's lifetime? No. Did Paul live during a period where there was no law and then when the law turned up, he suddenly uh, has gone, oops, this is no good and now I'm dead. No, no. Paul is not speaking about the ex- the time period of the existence of the law. He is speaking about his personal experience with the law. Mm. And so, before he knew the law, before he understood the law, he was alive. Then the law came along, and suddenly the law said, "Okay, Paul, you're doing this and this and this and this and this, and those things are wrong. And the what Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Therefore, you're not alive. You're actually death." You're actually dead. You are living under the condemnation of death. That's what the law does. That's its purpose. Mm. Its purpose is to show that we are living under the condemnation of death, that we are sinners. The purpose of the law is not to save you. The purpose is to reveal your need of a saviour. And it reveals your need of a saviour by revealing that you are dead without that saviour. And that's what's happened right here with Paul. And so the time period is from when Paul uh, discovers the commandments. He says, The commandment which was ordained to life I found to be to death. So the commandment is there for life because if you follow the law, it's going to bring life. But Paul hasn't followed the law, much like all of the rest of us. (laughs) And so therefore, we're all under condemnation of death. And Paul's like, wait a minute, I thought this commandment, I could keep this commandment and it would bring me life. No, it's brought me death because Mm -hmm. I've broken it. Then he continues on, For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. So sin comes along, deceives him, he breaks the commandment, and now the wages of sin is death. He's going to be destroyed. Then he says, Wherefore the law is holy, the commandment holy and just and good. It's a great way to finish off right there. As he says, the problem is not with the law. The problem is with
2: me. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.